quickly this morning. The first uh, thing that we're going to do is I want you to hear the interpretation in the video for our Acts 2, 1 through 21 scripture. Once upon a time, there was a great wind, a mighty life-giving energy that breathed everything into existence, a power that moved along the waters of the deep, the Spirit of God. One day, a group who loved God was praying and meeting, celebrating a Jewish feast with friends and family, unaware of what was going to happen. Heaven was about to pay a visit. A violent wind filled the room where they prayed. Tongues of fire descended, separated, and rested on each of them. The Spirit of God didn't just come near them. The Spirit filled them. And each one began to speak in a foreign language. The many languages of all the people who lived in Jerusalem. All those who passed by marveled at what they saw. How could it be that each one could hear their own native language at the same time? Some claimed it was miraculous. Others scoffed and called them drunk. But Peter stepped forward and boldly proclaimed the truth. What the scripture described long ago had now come to pass right before their eyes. I will pour out my spirit, the Lord told his people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Here was the moment. The power of God filled the faithful. The body of Christ rose up, alive and active, equipped and empowered to love God, to love others. The good news continues to be proclaimed. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And the best news is, for those who believe, the story never ends. And from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, beginning with verse 19. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house of the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The Word of God to the people of God. That was a little weak, folks. Thanks be to God. I'm going to make sure you all are awake this morning. Welcome everybody here in the house. Wake up, it's time for the sermon. Thanks to those who are online who are still paying attention. (laughs) We take that in jest, but we welcome everyone to uh, Good Shepherd this morning, and we thank you for being with us on this Pentecost Sunday, the birthday of the church, and the celebration of the Holy Spirit's indwelling in the followers of Christ. It's wonderful to be here in worship today. Thanks for being here at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church. We are experiencing the hope that is finally here in the presence of Jesus Christ. Everyone worshiping with us 
whether you're online or you're in the house, are members of the Good Shepherd United Methodist Church family. If it's your first time here with us, welcome to the family. You are now a part of us. Let's take a moment this morning to wave to each other here in the house and those online so that we can feel that family connection. If you're, if you're here, if you're online, please don't forget to comment uh, in the text place or lift your prayer requests up so that we can pray for you this week. Uh, if you're here in the house, it is okay to shout out and let us know that you are filled with the Spirit. We love hearing for you, from you. I'm Pastor Regina, and I'm looking forward to spending the next few minutes with you. May the Holy Spirit infuse us as we worship this morning and as our hearts be filled with the Spirit as we continue our worship. Over the last several weeks, we have experienced the arrival of hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. A hope defined as confident expectation of what God has promised. By exploring this hope, we have seen what a 21st century church of hope looks like. We have heard how 21st century disciples should strive to live and move into the future. We have seen through the children and the youth that this hope is played out before our very eyes. We stand on the foundation of Scripture, not letting the past keep us tied down, but allowing the future to unfold in God's time and in God's plan. Our key verse has been from Psalm 33:22. Let your steadfast love be upon us, even as we hope in you. This has focused us on God's love and faithful hope as we discover who we are and what purpose God has for Good Shepherd United Methodist Church. We honor our commitment to be a spiritually based church that stays relevant as a futuristic, culturally based, Christ-centered, praying, inviting, and loving community of faith. Post-resurrection sightings of Jesus reminded us not to stubbornly cling to what was and fail to see what is in this emerging 21st century church. We have asked ourselves, what are we waiting for as, as we seek to minister to the flock who have not yet experienced the gospel message and not simply to remain comfortably in the fold when Good Shepherd calls us that calls out our name. Hopefully, we are intentionally deepening our spirituality and connection to God. Today is Pentecost Sunday, in case you haven't figured that out yet. We celebrate with those first disciples their bold response to a mighty rushing wind of the Holy Spirit that engulfed the crowd and enabled everyone to hear the gospel message in their native tongue. God's Spirit met individuals from every walk of life, where they were, spoke in a language that they were able to understand in order that they might hear God's message of mercy, grace, and love. The church today is the avenue through which that same message of mercy, grace, and love should be spoken. I fear too often that the church muffles the message or adapts it in such a way that it becomes exclusive, hypocritical, and irrelevant to those who need it most, and maybe even to those who think they need to hear it the least. We forget sometimes that as Christians, we are called into community by our baptism. 
We're called to love and to serve God, not in isolation, but as communal followers of Christ, committed to sharing the gospel message and using our individual gifts for the greater good of the whole. We are called together, just as those first disciples, to boldly proclaim what God has done for us and in us. We are called to share what God is through our words and our actions. We cannot accomplish these tasks without first allowing our hearts and minds to be filled with the Spirit of God. The first century church did not look like the religion of the day. That may surprise some of you. But Pentecost gave witness to the future church. Peter and the rest of the disciples who had initially been hiding declared that prophecy was fulfilled and that the Spirit of God had been poured out on them in order for them to call on the Lord's name and be saved. The church of the day would no longer be only for the elite, those who had secret codes or or the means to pay their way into religion or even a birthright that got them there. Everyone now had access to God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This was a strange new world where everyone could be forgiven and and grace was not to be earned and love did not come with conditions. Does that sound familiar to anyone? 21st century followers of Christ are still looking for the same things. Forgiveness, mercy, grace, acceptance, and love. Church and religion look differently for the world today then most of us are used to it looking. Is that right? Is it looking different to you? Too often we're stuck in in old models where church only happens on Sunday morning, following Sunday school, and then we get a refresher of some kind in in the middle of the week until Sunday rolls around again. In the words of Dr. Phil, how is this working for you? In reality, not very well for the Big C Church and sometimes even closer to home here at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church. We have wonderful opportunities before us to turn things around. We're dreaming big dreams and seeking to match these dreams with God's will. We are looking for new, outside-of-the-box ways for prayer to love on to each other and to invite others to join us on the journey of faith. That means so much to us. We do this while we're still honoring the foundation and traditions of the past. As we paint a picture of tomorrow, it's church, it's faith community, and in our lives we ask the question, what does this future look like for us as Christians and disciples at Good Shepherd? For tomorrow's church, it's anybody's guess. There are a lot of factors beyond our control, particularly as a United Methodist denomination. However, if we as a local church continue to seek God's will, discern our place in it, and obediently follow our discernment, we're going to be fine, folks. Like I always say, if we stay faithful to the mission of the church God is calling us to be, then the other things that we worry about, finances, denominational struggle, staffing, time, all of that will fall into place if we are looking toward God's will. The mission of the church is to make disciples of Christ for the transformation of the world. If we are the connecting point for others to know Christ and we love on and care for the folks God places in our pathway, 
we as the church will survive any outside worldly obstacles that are placed in our way. Good Shepherd United Methodist Church and this pastor is just that. A solid Christ-centered Wesleyan United Methodist Church. May we hear, you may hear of others' churches and our denominations that are choosing to serve God in other ways. You may read articles that try to persuade the reader that the United Methodist Church is failing in its mission to love God, serve others, and center themselves on Scripture. Most of what you read, for lack of a better word, is propaganda. The Tennessee Western Kentucky Conference, its mission statement, Good Shepherd United Methodist Church, stands solidly on our foundational heritage as United Methodist Church as we serve the mission field known as Hendersonville and its surrounding areas. What does this future look like for Good Shepherd United Methodist Church? The future is bright as we are willing to see it. On this Pentecost Sunday, as we celebrate the birthday of the church itself, our leadership embarks on this next phase of our continued dreaming. We have wonderful opportunities to let go of things that were not working and replace them with ideas and prospects to increase our connection to each other, to our faith, to our community, and most importantly, to our God. We have opportunities to revamp some time-honored ministries to better accommodate the needs of the community and the mission of the church. We are beginning to focus on God-sized dreams and are connecting to discern how these dreams become a reality. Your leadership has its next meeting with Ron Matoria in a few weeks, continuing to focus on our mission and shaping these dreams to meet our mission. Pentecost is a wonderful reminder that God's Spirit fills each of us to do our part as we move into this future. Now, Pentecost was originally an agricultural festival celebrating the first harvest of the growing season. Later, it became a tribute of the giving of the land of Canaan to the people of Israel and then transformed into an observation to give the law of, that, uh, when, God, when Moses was given the law at Mount Sinai. Now, all are important times of celebration. But the Pentecostal celebration that the first century disciples were expecting were not what they received. The power that was unleashed on that Pentecost day was a power to be, to grow, and to love as Christ loved. Pentecost for each of us can be powerful reminders that we too need the Holy Spirit's power to be what we were created to be, to grow spiritually and to love as Christ loved. Pentecost today can be a powerful reminder in the life of Good Shepherd as the Spirit speaks to lead us into a bright future. Now, we heard two different accounts of the Pentecost story. The more familiar one from the second chapter of Acts, where the Spirit was as tongues of fire. There was descending doves and voices from many languages to be understood by all. Then there was the quieter, more calming, peaceful one from John, where Jesus spoke peace over a still, anxious set of disciples. For new believers in Acts... It was a scary change from religious ways that were familiar, even if these ways were oppressive. If we're honest with ourselves, it's a little scary to leave behind the way we've always done church, to think of faith in terms of not now holding a minor perspective in the world. 
What the new believers discovered is that God's Holy Spirit empowered them to speak boldly, grow in faith, and change the world for centuries to come. We have access to that same God-breathed Spirit, that same empowerment, and that same success, success story. We must trust, step out in faith, and be willing to change the way we approach building God's kingdom. If we keep Jesus the main focus, build our foundation of faith through prayer and discernment, listen to God's voice of direction, then obediently obediently follow in God's directed steps, we will transform not only ourselves, but the world around us. The two stories that we heard today about how the Holy Spirit infused the followers of Christ and impacted those who had not heard the gospel message They're quite different. One bold and bodacious, the other quiet and peaceful. But both are powerful. These two accounts are two sides of our own story, two sides of our own experience, and both are needed. Sometimes we experience life and and act boldly. At other times, we gently impact others and situations. We feel God's presence in mighty ways and sometimes we experience God in still, in a still small voice. Sometimes the Spirit sets us on fire and we can't help but shout and sing and dance and be carried away by the Spirit as we worship and as we act. Other times we are overwhelmed by the burdens of life and breathe the breath of God and that's all we can do as we breathe in and breathe out. We remember those first century disciples who who were locked behind closed doors, filled with emptiness, fear, and despair, consumed by what was. They could not imagine the rest of their lives without Jesus and the experiences that they had had over the last three years. They had seen how to live life to its fullest, how to be alive, how to see the possibilities that they never knew were possibilities. Now, life as they knew it was gone. Fear had taken over assurance. Doubt had replaced faith. (laughs) Then God showed out in a mighty way, reminding them that God is present with them, that hope is alive and new life awaited them. Hope replaced their doubt. Hope replaced their despair. And hope replaced their fear. This hope-filled reminder came as a wind, as fire, as sound, all to impact each person in the way that would connect them to God. Do you remember your first Pentecost moment? When God was so real to you that you were consumed by God's presence? That moment when God's grace lifted you above your uncertainty into a joyous hope. This experience lit a fire within you that did not consume you, but that fueled you with the bold faith that had to be shared, a faith that included all persons into something greater than themselves. Maybe your Pentecost moment was, more, was not the fireworks display that we saw in the second chapter of Acts, but maybe it was more like the Spirit's breath in John's account. The breath you felt was more like a gentle sigh, a breath of remembrance, breath of peace, a breath of hope that fills your lungs and escapes your being as a silent yet powerful release. In John's account of the Holy Spirit's entrance into the life of the disciples, we find them locked away for fear of the Jews, and Jesus offers them 
peace. Peace be with you. A phrase that relieved the anxious disciples. Peace be with you. An expression of hope that left the disciples rejoicing. And then an admonition. As the Father sent me, so I send you. In the words of Jesus found in the 14th chapter of John, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you all of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Two expressions of peace. One, as he prepared his disciples for departure. One, in the light of future resurrection. Then came a third expression of peace. One that breathed on his followers the breath of the Holy Spirit. The power needed to spread the gospel. A breath. A gentle, peaceful breath and receiving of the Holy Spirit that enabled the disciples to do the work that Jesus had began. A breath. A gentle, peaceful breath and a receiving of the Holy Spirit that empowered the disciples to boldly move into the future knowing that God was with them and would guide them along the way. There's work to be done. There's work to be done here at Good Shepherd. There are souls who need to hear the gospel message. There are people who need love, acceptance, and direction. There are folks who need to experience justice and reconciliation. There are individuals who need hope and peace and grace and mercy. Maybe your Pentecost was bold. Maybe it was gentle. However you experience the Holy Spirit, the first time and for many times to follow, Pentecost is a reminder for us all that we are empowered and emboldened by the Holy Spirit to share the gospel message to everyone we meet, despite our fears, despite their circumstances, despite our reluctance to change. Jesus breathed on those first disciples and he breathes on us today. Peace be with you. May the breath of the holiness of consecration, of mission, of ministry, and of love. May this breath be for us an admonition that ushers us into a life of peace and joy where we receive and lean into it and trust that as we go forth in mission and service <coughs> of and in the gospel excuse <coughs> me tell I hadn't preached in a couple of weeks breathe in this word of an old hymn breathe on me breath of God fill me with life anew that I may love what thou must dove and do what thou wouldst do. Breathe on me breath of God till I am wholly thine, till all this earthly part of me glows with the fire divine. That's what the Pentecost is all about. It's not a simple birthday commemoration, but a moment of power, an offering of transformation. May we see with our eyes and believe with our hearts that Jesus Christ is risen. <coughs> May we have the courage to go and tell the world that there is hope found in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. May we seek to listen for God and follow the direction that God leads us into a hopeful 
faith-filled future. Let us listen for God to speak as we watch and wait for God's Spirit to appear. May we be filled with God's Spirit on this Pentecost day to boldly go into the future and to know that God is waiting to meet us there. As we prepare ourselves for Holy Communion, let us know that the Spirit awaits us at the table. We are all invited to God's table. This is not the United Methodist table. It's not Good Shepherd's table. But it is the table of Christ and is offered to all. Christ the Lord invites to his table all who love him, all who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. (coughs) Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. <coughs> Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. In the beginning, your Spirit moved over the face of the waters. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. Your spirit came upon the prophets, the teachers, anointing them to speak your word. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, (coughs) power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ. At his baptism in the Jordan, your spirit descended on him and you declared him your beloved son. With your spirit upon him, he turned away the temptation of sin. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor and proclaim release release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always, baptizing us with the Holy Spirit and with fire as on the day of Pentecost. 
on the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you and gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And on the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread. And the power of the Holy Spirit, your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ, offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood and empowered by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, showing forth the fruit of the Spirit until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, in your, with your Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. If those who are sitting in communion would come forward, please. <coughs> is set. Come and enjoy. We have gluten-free options for those of you who need it and single-serve options for those who do not wish to take by intention where a piece of bread will be taken off and you will dip it in a cup and the altar is open for all. Let's go.
Spirit to boldly share the gospel. Amen. Go with God, you are dismissed.